Welcome to Coffee with Jamie, a show about how to get unstuck from some of life's stickiest stuff, like burnout, divorce, loss, and more. Here is your host, Jamie Finney. Good morning. This is the fourth episode of Coffee with Jamie. I'm your host, Jamie Finney. Um, wow, is it the fourth episode already? Well, hey, if you're listening for the first time, I want to say welcome. If you're back for more, if you've been the start, welcome back. I am always excited to have you. Maybe share a cup of coffee, some personal experiences, and hopefully we collaboratively get unstuck. All right. Our theme today is tiny challenges. Before we dig in, I want to do a little callback to Robert's request from last week, asking what kind of coffee are we having with? <laughs> so this morning I've got a Seattle's Best House blend. I made it super fast with a little Keurig machine before, just before I started the show, and um, I actually. Avery, uh, this a little bit of a, a derail, so bear with me, but I want to elaborate on the mug just a little bit. So I know this is a voice-only show, and maybe I'll have to start um, you know, doing a little uh, secondary implementation and posting the mug um, on my Coffee with Jamie Instagram feed, because there are some really good ones, and I don't know how you all personally feel about mugs, but I have, I have a growing collection. I love coffee mugs and an adorable thing that I have to share about the mug that I'm, I'm using today. Um, my husband started several years ago. The, the, every mug in our cabinet has a little story that goes with it. And it started in our early dating years when we used to go up to Mount Charleston near our home here in Vegas. And um, we did these like Wednesday morning hike and breakfast at this little lodge on the mountain up there. And we would do that before our workday started. And um, one day I, you know, we were having our little post hike breakfast and I commented on how much I loved this beautiful turquoise mug that they served my coffee in. And it, it seemed like every time we went to the restaurant, you get a different mug. It wasn't like they had one stock mug with their name or logo stamped on it. It wasn't like that. It was like these, these beautiful individual, everyone a little different mugs. And the one that I had that day is a beautiful kind of sturdy turquoise mug. And I commented on how much I loved it and how beautiful it was. And um, even though they didn't sell mugs at this restaurant, Ken ended up negotiating the purchase of this mug because I liked it so much and kind of surprised me with it. So I thought it was super sweet. But um, so now every time I use or see this mug, I remember the old days of our, our morning hike and breakfast routine and thoughtfulness. And, and, and interestingly, that little lodge where we used to eat breakfast was, was lost to a fire last year. So this mug now has compounded memory impact, right? So anyway, it started, that was like the start of this little tradition for us of mug memories. And I don't know if you have anything like that, I would love to hear your mug memories. Um, if you want to share those, stay tuned. At the end of the show, I'll share all the how to get in touch details. Um, but before we get to 
closing the show, we have so many things to talk about. Um, I want to start with the brief recap of last week. Every episode builds upon the last. And our theme on the last episode was confess and address. Um, We talked about calling out all the things that stop us from doing the things we want to do in life writing those things down as many as you can. And and the reason for that is that writing them down, writing those things that stop us down, that's the confession part, which allows us to address them. For me, what I've found is the the act of writing things down, um, those things, not just my goals and not just my aspirations or my my, uh, walk through the whole past episode list here, the compass of intention, which is what is important to me, not just the big bulky desires, which are my goals, but also including the confess and address the things that stop me. Because when I write things down, it helps them become more manageable, kind of in the same way a to-do list does, right? It helps you pull focus on things that you need to get done. It's a great way to get kind of a fresh perspective. If, um, those roadblocks are really intimidating. It can become a little easier to figure out how to break those obstacles down into smaller digestible pieces when you can see them. And this leads us right into this week's theme of tiny challenges. All right. So while the challenges may be tiny, the topic of tiny challenges is is a really big deal in my own process of getting unstuck. And it may be the most fun. <laughs> All right. So, so um, being stuck is not always fun. It's not always light. But um, you know, a few few episodes back, I talked about one of my big bulky desires, which was to write a book. And I shared in that episode a good chunk of the process that I worked through. Um, and I started that story with a personal month-long challenge. You know, I was trying to cross-train my way to a NaNoWriMo challenge. And if any of this is confusing, please go back and listen to the big uh, bulky desires episode because I'll explain, you know, more in there. I don't want to repeat too much, um, but, you know, a good, my starting point there was to figure out a month-long challenge that I could handle. And I did a 31 days, 31 people challenge. And that was my cross training to get to the challenge of writing a 50,000 word novel in 30 days, which was the NaNoWriMo challenge. But what I didn't include or dig into in that part of the story was how I actually got to the point where I could do that 30 day challenge, um, my 31 days, 31 people challenge where I wrote for 30 minutes every day. Well, getting to that point, I didn't just start and and be like, okay, I made the decision. I'm going to write for 30 minutes. It actually took a couple years of figuring out how to do monthly challenges. And that was a little bit of trial and error. And um, so I want to go back. You know, I, I started that 31 days, 31 people challenge in December of 2014 after I had missed the November NaNoWriMo 2014 challenge. I thought, you know what? I got to figure this out. I got to solve for it. So I'm going to create my own 30-day challenge. But going back a little further in time, right after 
I made the decision to leave my full-time remote job in April of 2013. It was about a year after the unexpected loss of my dad, and it, it had really caused me to reflect deeply on my life, the work I was doing, my family, what was truly important to me, and what I truly wanted to be spending my time on because time in this life is very short. And so when I left that job, I had no what's next lined up. I had a few months of savings socked away, which at the time felt like pure freedom to me. Um, All I knew is that I wanted to write and I needed to create some space in my life to figure out you know, if they're, what was next and what was important to me and, uh, and all of that. So I knew where I needed to start was to experiment with the idea of designing my life the same way I had designed digital products throughout my professional career. So part of designing stuff involves trying things out. You do a thing, you see what works, you know, you throw it out into the world, you observe, you learn, you adjust and you throw it out there again. And, and that's really my process for, for life. Um, even this show, right? It's uh, throwing something out there that's very uncomfortable and, and a bit challenging, especially doing it live. Um, it's scary. And along the way, I learn. I learn a little bit more about myself, about trying to become a better storyteller, about how to fit uh, you know, all these stories into one very tight hour. <laughs> so you try to not derail and get off track. Anyway, it's all a learning experience, right? And so um, when I left that job and I didn't have a what's next, I knew it was about learning and iterating my way through whatever was going to be next, what, like figuring it out through trial and error and through experimentation and um, iteration. So I decided, you know, day one, I was like, I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to write every single day. And when I first started, the goal of every day didn't seem overwhelming. And it's funny because I look back and I laugh because even now doing stuff every single day, something consistent like that, like a blog post every day, hats off to folks who do that because it is so much harder than it seems. Um, you know, people who have made a living out of being bloggers and and video content makers and all of that. Um, I think it requires such discipline. And I, I learned that. So I was quickly derailed within the first week. And I realized I needed to adjust first. I needed to adjust my expectations to be more realistic with where I was at. It wasn't necessarily that I wasn't capable, but I wasn't making it happen. I tried writing once, um, you know, once a day, and I, I think I lasted three, maybe five days. And then I was like, okay, let's adjust. Let's course correct. Let's try writing once per week. And that lasted about three weeks before life smacked me down again. You know, things come up. Um, so instead of trying and failing <laughs> on, um, you know, developing a consistent blog writing schedule, I started to look at what was stopping me so that I could understand the where and why of my, my falling off of this goal of writing. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I was mentally and physical capa- physically 
capable of doing it. It didn't cost me anything. So it wasn't, you know, any financial obligation other than I didn't have an income <laughs> so at this point in time. The biggest challenge that I could parse out um, was time for this particular challenge. So despite having quit my job in order to have time to do all these things I wanted to do, time was still a factor. I was still an independent mom. I was still burned out and working through, you know, like life life burnout, career burnout. I was still working through the loss of my dad, which, you know, surfaced the loss of my mom and the loss of my brother, which I'd had in previous years of my life. And even though I'd saved enough money to buy myself a little time to focus without having a full-time gig, uh, the fear of losing that freedom really scared me into accepting some freelance work so that I wouldn't drain my savings, this freedom that I had created for myself. So it's interesting that like, you know, sometimes I struggle with this fear um, and, you know, I don't know, I've, I've been a freelance worker for as long as I can recall. I did, you know, side jobs all through high school, um, freelance work in parallel to my entire career. So freelance isn't foreign to me, but having something stable, that perceived notion that a full-time gig is uh, stable, you know, I, I, I swing from these things like uh, Tarzan swings from vine to vine. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'm freelance, sometimes I'm full-time, sometimes I'm a little both. Um, but that's me. I'm Tarzan swinging from vines. So anyway, um, that, all of that, um, the time that I thought I had was getting gobbled up. And that was me figuring out what was stopping me, right? Confess and address, right? So I decided to address what was stopping me. I had to make my goal smaller. Um, and, and maybe not the goal, but getting to the goal. I had to clear the obstacles and, and break it down. Like if you can take a goal and break it into small digestible pieces, there's like, and, and bear with me if you're not a meat eater, but I, uh, I use the example of maybe a big steak. Um, usually most people in our civilized society will cut a large steak into bite-sized pieces and chew one piece at a time. And, you know, you, you don't usually pick up the steak with your hand and just start shoving the whole thing in, right? Like you, you break it down into small digestible bites. Well, goals are the same way. We need to break them down so that they're manageable so that we can get there. And um, so, yeah, so that was it. And, you know, one one of my big bulky desires was and is still writing and building up a writing routine, but writing a blog post a day was too much. What could I do that was smaller? I learned through a friend about, um, and this is at the time, it was the T-I-L hashtag. So hashtag T-I-L and the T-I-L stands for today I learned. And I loved it. I loved the whole concept of it. It's where you just maybe make a little post about something you learned today. Today I learned blah, blah, blah. And um, you hashtag it with hashtag TIL. And so I thought that would be a great place for me to start. And this is way before I started, you know, it wasn't 30 minutes of writing a day. This was, um, if I could narrow this down and 
and make it really, really small and doable within a single day, then I'll do this for one month. I could focus on this defined one month window of time. Each day, I'd challenge myself to write one thing that I'd learned that day, tag it with TIL, and then post it to my Tumblr blog, which is what I was using at the time. Um, I thought that'd be a good way. Um, you know, when I looked at the TIL, it, it actually aligned with like seven of my compass of intention list items. So if you want to um, reference my compass of intention list, please go back and listen to episode one. But it, it aligned with like five of seven items on my compass of intention list. And so that was really cool. Um, you know, the tiny challenge of writing out one today I learned per day for 30 days, it supported putting something positive into the world, which was on my list. Learning uh, is growth and that supports becoming a better mom in several ways. It become, it supports becoming a better significant other, becoming a better human. And one of my items being, uh, if it seems scary, go for it. Well, at the time, putting anything out there on the internet was really new and scary for me personally. Um, and so I still, you know, try to challenge myself with the kinds of things I put out there, but it was scary. You know, maybe I learned something that made me look dumb. I don't know. Uh, I, I worry about these things, but I get over it pretty quickly and just do it anyway. <laughs> so, all right. So I didn't put any restrictions, like length restrictions on what I wrote. No minimum, no maximum. If I wrote one word or one sentence, whatever I felt was reflecting that learning of the day, that's what I was going to post to my blog. And a few days in, I, I realized um, remembering to do my daily today I learned was becoming a challenge already, like just a few days in. So I set on my uh, iPhone, I did a daily reminder to go off at 8 p.m. so that if I hadn't done my daily post yet by that time, I could do it then before initiating my get ready for bed sequence. <laughs> so the reminder definitely saved me on quite a few days. And so the smaller sized challenge helped me reach success by the end of the month. And, um, and so, you know, it was interesting. I went through this whole process of writing, you know, a thing a day for 30 days. And some of the things are silly. You know, I have like today I learned about the super cool soap in the microwave trick. It's safe and it only took about 30 seconds to clean up. So I had, I uh, was doing science experiments with my daughter Zia and I learned about the soap in the microwave. It has to be ivory, a bar of ivory. If you've never put a bar of ivory soap in the microwave, highly recommend do it on a paper plate or something that, that you can throw away though. <laughs> so highly recommend that experiment. Anyway, I learned so many uh, interesting things and I cataloged them. I will put a link to my actual 30 day uh, today I learned challenge from all those years ago. Um, and one of, one of my favorites was I think on like day five, it was like today I learned Zia hides her toothpaste and water potions under the sink when I asked her to dump them out before going to her dad's house for the weekend. So, you know, I learned so many things. Um, sometimes it was silly little things. Sometimes it was a bigger or longer post, something more deep or meaningful, um, yeah, there was some, you know, when I go back through it, I, I, I think uh, it's kind of neat to look at, at these things, right? So anyway, that one was a really interesting one. 
And at the end of it, I did a small post called Five Things I Learned from Doing 30 Days of TIL. Now, this was officially my first 30-day challenge. And the five things that I learned was number one, to be a better observer of my own life. So again, very introspective little process there. Number two, what it feels like to individually celebrate 30 tiny successes. Um, That was an interesting challenge for me. So I think so often we get focused on our failures, our frustrations, all the things that are stopping us. And while it's important to understand what's stopping us, we don't want that to be a primary focus. It's it's really important, especially if you're trying to get unstuck, to celebrate every time you succeed and celebrate it in a big way, whatever, you know, if it's a nice warm cup of coffee. For me, um, I had my Rocky pose, like, you know, triumphant two arms in the air, Rocky at the top of the stairs. Uh, That, if you're not familiar with the movie Rocky, Google that. (laughs) So anyway, so that was my like little celebration, right? My Rocky pose. I do my daily post, Rocky pose. And so um, number three was I learned that people wanted me to succeed. You know, it was interesting when you share stuff, usually there's, when you're new at sharing things, you're not a famous professional celebrity or whatever. You're just a regular person um, like me. You know, I, I don't know who my audience is often. I don't know who's listening or if anyone's out there listening, but the more that I shared aloud, the more support I received from people who were a part of my community, you know, on Twitter and on Tumblr, people I didn't know, you make new friends. So number three was that people wanted me to succeed. And I I had no idea. I thought that was really neat. Number four, I finally understood something Ray Bradbury said, at least my mind thinks it did. And I I had done a, a today I learned about that in particular. And, um, and that one, just to kind of give a little more insight, um, in the the book Zen and the Art of Writing by Ray Bradbury, Ray Bradbury writes: Work, relax, don't think. And during this process, I I don't know. I reread that book at some point, and it's just a tiny little thirty or forty three page book. And um, it really, you know, when I I grabbed it after a conversation with a dear friend and he shared the story of a time he'd met Ray Bradbury in person and his story uh, made me pick that book back up and I just consumed it like 30 minutes, bam. And the result was inspiration. And it, it just helped me, I guess, get unstuck, right? It inspired me to work, relax, don't think. And it, and it helped reinforce that um, you know, my number five of the five things I learned was 30 days of something of doing something seems daunting, but it's only as daunting as I allow it to be. And, um, yeah, that understanding, like thinking that I understood what Ray Bradbury said there work, relax, don't think just, just start, just do the thing and get out of your own way. And it, it clicked with me at that time. So it was really interesting. And I, I, I liked that. And so, um, that was something that I, I did. I got through the 30 days and I wanted to do more. And so 
if you've been listening to this show for any length of uh, episodes, um, you'll know that I carry a little like a little blank book with me that I can write my to-do list. I keep my um, my handy little pocket guide. Over the years, that has ranged in size. Sometimes it's a sketchbook where I can keep my daily to-do list, et cetera, et cetera. But in at the time, I had probably an eight by eight sketchbook, and I uh, decided my next challenge was just going to be um, gratitude. Gratitude is a good one. If you don't know where to start, I highly recommend starting with gratitude. Um, it's a great place to put your mind. And so, what I decided for my next 30 day challenge was I would do one post of gratitude, but it had to fit on a sticky note. And every day I would write my hashtag gratitude and the word or whatever it was that I was grateful for that fit on a sticky note. So that was my little parameter. And what that allowed me to do, and again, this kind of gets back to what tiny challenges, right? So it's about breaking something down so small that you really can't avoid doing it. So, you know, writing something that you're grateful for that fits on a sticky note, if you can't do that once a day, I mean, it takes like 30 seconds then maybe we have deeper things we need to dig into, right? So for me, I was able to accomplish that. I was able to say, okay, one sticky note with my little gratitude thing on it every day for 30 days. And that, and that got me going. And, um, and so after my 30-day sticky note gratitude challenge, I wanted to do another one. And sometimes coming up with the ideas for what I'm going to do was hard at the time. And I, I really hadn't done a lot of 30-day challenge research at the time. I was really just going with things that I knew I could do. And, and I always say this, it's like, you want to meet yourself where you're at. You know, we always say that in the client and consulting realm, it's like, meet your clients where they're at. Well, you have to do that with yourself too. You have to meet you where you're at and you have to be real with where you're at. Well, um, the next challenge I took on was uh, coffee stain doodles. And so this, this, if you are not familiar with my coffee stain doodles, head on over to my website, coffeewithjamie.com. There's a coffee doodles link and check them out. Um, on my website, it only shows the visual. I post these almost every day on Instagram. And back then when I started this, it was only a 30 day challenge and my coffee doodles started. Um, they started in 2011 when I was working from home. I almost always have one of those gigantic desktop paper calendars on my desk. It helps me stay organized. You know, in a glance, I can see what I have to do today, tomorrow, the whole month. It's a month view calendar. Um, I have, I've always kept one of those on my desk because they, they help me with my productivity and my thought process and all of that. And anyway, I am almost always rushing to my desk in haste with a nearly full cup of coffee. Coffee inevitably drips and spills on my little paper calendar. After you know a while, those coffee stains dry and they're just a little interesting brown circle <laughs> or tan beige circle. And um, I don't know, during conference calls, I would doodle on those little stains and they become these little characters. And it was really just, it, it was, you know, again, it's 
my mind at work. It's how I do things. I'm a doodler, I guess. And so, yeah, I would do that. And, and eventually like when I needed a challenge, I was like, wow, I have a ton of these things. I'll start photographing them and I'll post them in my, my little, uh, Tumblr blog. (laughs) And so that's where that began. And, um, and I would, I would do it. And, um, 30 days I did my little coffee stain doodles. I hashtagged it, hashtag coffee with Jamie. And, um, that's where that whole thing began. And so, yeah, that was, um, a really fun little challenge. And I only did it for, you know, after that, I think I, I kind of fell off of it, of the doodles and only last year did I decide that I was going to start doing my doodles every day. And um, really what has what happened with those coffee doodles, little derail here, bear with me. Um, the coffee doodles are something I always loved. And when I started doing them, people were like, oh, my gosh, I love those. That's really cool. Um, can, can I buy one? And so I was like, whoa, wait, I'm not prepared for this. Um, and then I started accepting offers to do them and I would do them kind of on commission and anything that I, you know, I would sell them for 30 bucks and for $30, I would create one on a very nice paper stock and I would also frame it and send it off. So after my expenses were covered, I would donate the rest of what I earned to the local cat hospital. And so um, I think actually at the time I was doing the Great Dane Rescue, but uh, you know, that's, that changes over the years. So anyway, um, I donate profits, any proceeds would get donated because um, it, it wasn't about money for me. It was just about, I really enjoy creating these little coffee doodles. Like I love it. It's something that, you know, people say, if you could do something for the rest of your life, what would it be? I would doodle on dried coffee stains. Maybe that's a weird thing, but I love it. It's fun. Um, it's a very creative outlet for me. And I um, I would kind of just do it on and off. It wasn't something I ever thought of doing seriously or daily. It, it was just an as it happened. And um, a few, I think when I started doing these tiny challenges, I would do March. I, would, I designated over time the month of March to doing coffee doodles every day for 30 days in March or 31 days in March. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, every March I was doing that. And then last March I was going through a lot of stuff with my daughter, Zia, my youngest daughter, um, a lot of stuff, really heavy stuff, you know, with the whole pandemic, um, a lot of kids in her age bracket, a lot of people in general really struggling, but I had a, you know, my, my child, uh, when she was 11, so that was in 2020, right as the pandemic started, we've had a few calls to the suicide lifeline. We've had police visits. We've had to go to child protective services. Um, the whole nine yards, uh, she is better than ever right now. I'm happy to say we got her some professional help and she's uh, back in school in person that made a day and night difference with her. She's like the single extrovert in our family. So, yeah, so it's, anyway, so a lot of heavy stuff and, and it really influenced my March coffee doodle challenge last year to become more of a journal about what I was going through. And then after March was done, I wasn't done. So I just kept going. And, um, yeah. So I still do my almost daily coffee stain doodles every day since last March. I decided to create an Instagram 
uh, channel out of it. And over on Instagram, that's where I write the actual doodle, po- you know, the journal part of it. So I always post the image that goes to my website, but the journal part, which is often much more personal, a little more deep. Um, sometimes I'll only do a quote, like a positive quote to set my intention for the day. And I, I do that as a, a bare minimum to make sure that I get my post done. So the coffee stain doodle has really become a defining creative outlet for me. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about tiny challenges and define it a little more clearly. I think, you know, I've talked about what I did. That's kind of my story on how I got started in doing them. They didn't really have the name tiny challenges back then. So like I didn't have the hashtag tiny challenges that I do have now. Um, What I was doing is I was just whatever the name of my project was, you know, I had coffee with Jamie. I had hashtag 31 days, 31 people, hashtag 31 um, inspirations, hashtag gratitude. So they were wild and varied, right? But over time, and as I I started um, sharing these things with other folks and a small community started developing around it where other people were joining in Tiny Challenges, uh, my friend Brad Heinz and I gave it a name, Tiny Challenges, because that's exactly what they were. They're these little challenges that you give yourself. And so the the short for it is, um, what are Tiny Challenges? They're tiny month-long challenges that give you the kick in the pants you need to do more. Um, they were they were started as, as a monthly challenge experiment to push through personal fears, boundaries, and excuses. And over time, and with collaboration and more people participating, um, it really has become this more refined path to success for me. Or And I say path to success, but it's for getting unstuck. It, it can be done just for fun, but I have found that it, it while is fun, it can also really be a lot deeper and a lot more meaningful and help me work through things like grief, like burnout. And, um, and so, yes, so deeper, a little more meaningful, um, but it's also fun. And so like, I encourage you, if you're just starting to keep it light, keep it small, keep it fun. And then once you get a feel for how it works, then you can make adjustments and kind of course correct to take on deeper challenges and chip away, you know, your confess and address list and and start pushing your boundaries, help you, you know, this tiny challenges will help you overcome some fears and build on your natural sense of discovery and exploration. Um, and, and then here's the cool thing with tiny challenges, the tiny bits, they add up. It's really really astounding at what you'll end up with after doing something really tiny every single day for an entire month. After completing two or three months, you're going to look back and have a bank of something amazing that you created. And that was the part that really blew my mind is, you know, I'd started with the TIL, the today I learned, then I did the little, um, the sticky note in my book. And I forgot to mention that I did photograph my sticky note in my book and post it on my personal Instagram every single day with my hashtag gratitude. And so, you know, and sometimes I would post these on Twitter, sometimes on Instagram, sometimes on my personal Facebook, whatever you use, um, wherever you want to share it. Um, so I was, I was sharing it and that's how, you know, it kind of, it leaves these footprints for you to look back at. And it's really, it blew my, my mind to, to think like, wow, 
when I look back and scroll through, like you have 30 days, then you have 60 days, then you have 90 days. And suddenly you have like a body of work here, a body of, of creative outlet. And, and that is, or positive thinking. Um, when I started working with clients in a coaching capacity, often where I start, depending on where they're at, is hashtag what's good. Um, look for one word, one thing that is good today, every day for 30 days and hashtag it what's good. And, and then CC me on it so I can see what you're doing. <laughs> so, you know, but you can keep it all about fun or play, or um, you can uh, learn how to leverage tiny challenges to support your bigger goals and bigger um, overcoming bigger challenges. And there really, there is a community of people who do, um, you know, it, it's not, I, I fell off of tiny challenges and I'm really going to dig into this next week. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but um, you know, there are people out there that are supportive. And I learned that simply by doing, I didn't try to rally a community. I didn't go into it with the goal of, you know, what people think or, or getting even any sort of acknowledgement. It was for me, I was trying to solve a problem that I was facing for me. And um, so the tiny bits add up you start chipping away and the movement becomes momentum, right? When you, when you keep them small and doable, you build this interesting momentum. And that's not to say that you won't fall off. You won't have days. You won't have weeks. You won't have patches of time where you don't want to do the thing. Um, but if you keep it tiny, I feel like there's always time for tiny. If you find yourself saying, I, I would, but I don't have time. If that's your number one excuse, um, then tiny is definitely for you. If uh, I find that that's like the number one excuse that tends to stop people from doing all the things in life they want to do, it's I don't have time, followed immediately by I can't afford it or I'm lacking a skill. So, you know, it's all about breaking things down so small that there's no reason, no excuse for avoiding it. You want to make it cheap. You want to make it easy. If, if five minutes still feels overwhelming, like a lot, given your life circumstances, break it down even smaller. If all, you know, if the place to start is, is the thought like today, what's good. You know, today, my coffee's good. Great. I'll take it, you know, keep it tiny. Um, keep it really, really small. If it's just a moment of positive word choice, you know, thinking or, or pick, picking an intention to set for yourself for the day, I don't know what tiny means to you. I know what it means to me is two minutes or less, something I can accomplish in two minutes or less per day. And that's what my coffee doodles are. And um, anyway, I feel like once you start, you, you can become unstoppable. The possibilities become endless. And before you know it, like, you know, it's, it, I don't know it, before you know it, you've accomplished great things. You've built this body of work and it's pretty fantastic. So I, I really like that. So, and, and let me just share with the personal front, right? Eventually doing these tasks and sharing them aloud, it, it totally shifted my career path. Um, so as I was trying to solve my own overwhelming pile of problems, navigating grief, burnout, depression, while also being an independent mom of two girls who I really wanted to be a good example for, I wanted to show them that life 
was not going to kick me down and keep me down. It might kick me down, but it wasn't going to keep me down. I wanted to show them through example that I could pick myself up from the darkest spot I'd ever been in in my whole life. Um, And so I, you know, in my own personal exploration, I ended up taking an integral coaching course. I signed up for integral coaching course. I got certified. And then I, I went on to do an executive coaching course. I got certified. Cool. But it wasn't so that I could become a coach. That was not my objective. It was so that I could help myself. I'm like, what tools do people use to help people solve problems like the ones I'm experiencing? And, you know, and I think I mentioned this, it didn't occur to me to go seek therapy. It just didn't. I think that was how I was raised that like, like therapy wasn't uh, an option. And so it just, you know, I encourage it highly. I've both of my girls have found great, um, great skill building and, and, you know, great help in professional therapy. But um, for me, like, I'm really, I feel like I've found, you know, my own way. And so mine is tiny challenges. Mine is uh, my little six steps for getting unstuck, which we go through on this show. So that's what works for me. So depending on where you're at, you decide what works for you. Um, But the more that I started sharing it, the more that um, I started learning the things to help myself through all of this stuff I and and in sharing it. And then I started combining all my tech and product design experience and process skills and 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 then sharing everything aloud. And as I did that, um, I started getting calls from former clients and former coworkers. First it was it was, you know, hey, I'm burned out too. Jamie, can you help me get through this? What did you do? What is your trick? And so I started individual coaching, doing that stuff, which um, unexpected, but there was doing that and helping folks through burnout. I started doing talks. Uh, My first burnout talk was in 2015 in England. And I was invited to do a talk to an iOS developer community. And I asked the amazing conference organizer, Scotty, who um, I said, Hey, I would really like to do, I've been working through all this stuff. Um, I always come at, you know, iOS design and product design from the design perspective or creation from the design perspective. And so um, I was telling him, I was like, Hey, I think I've learned how to design my life the same way that I design products. And I'd love to walk through how I did that with your iOS audience. If that's okay with you, if burnout's not too taboo. And he said, no, anything you want to talk about, you come talk about it. And it, it worked. And, you know, after that, I had so many um, folks from the developer community come up to me or email me, reach out to me after that talk and say, oh my gosh, I, ha- I thought I was alone. I didn't know, you know, that other people were going through this too. It's not just me. And um, some of them I developed great uh, coaching relationships with. Some it's just, you know, conversation with friends. And um, yeah, it's it was amazing the kind of stuff that surfaced from that. And then eventually, um, you know, I had no career path in, in mind per se, but it kind of carved itself out. And as I started coaching and then people who knew me and knew my work in the tech realm um, started saying, hey, uh, can you help us solve this problem? And so what it evolved into was helping tech companies, former clients, for uh, agencies that service tech companies 
I started helping them redesign internal systems like their onboarding processes, like agency pitch processes, career development paths specifically for creative and design team employees. Um, I started helping their HR and chief people officers um, in overall employee experience things and, and helping them design those experiences to be better for the teams they employed. And so I found a great uh, success in doing that. And it was, it was amazing. And um, interestingly, in doing all this, I, was, I, I had really along the way found myself with more time in my life. So it, it's a funny thing. One of the first things people often say to me is, I know you're busy, but, and then they'll proceed with whatever it is they want to reach out about. And it's funny because I always feel like that's such a presumptuous statement because one of the things when I left my full-time job in 2013, one of the things that really grinded on me was hearing the words come out of my own mouth. Oh my God, I'm so busy. <laughs> you know, just like hearing myself say I'm so busy. I it, it actually like it it started to stand out and the more uh, you know anytime I'd hear those words escape my lips, I would try to catch myself and say, "You know what? Then solve the problem, Jamie. If I don't if I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm overwhelmed with busy. Like I that's not the life I want. That's not the life I want to live. I want time." I want to be able, you know, if my kid has a, a play and says, mom, I have a play on Tuesday night. I want to be able to say, great, I'm going to be there. Um, and, and that's what I started doing and, you know, carving out time to say, oh, you know, Sophia has field day um, at three o'clock. I'll be there. And, and that was a priority for me. That was a way for me to build more time. Um, you know, going back to my compass of intention to build more time, intentional time and space into my life to choose what I do, to choose who I spend time with. And yes, there is, a, you know, the element of needing to make an income to live, but money was never on my list of my compass of intention. It was always in my big bulky desires. I need to make X amount to make ends meet. I want to make X amount to you know, live comfortably and, and have some nice luxuries and then maybe X amount so that I have freedom forever. And, you know, those goals, those are real goals I set for myself, but those support my compass of intention. Money was never the priority, but what I found is the more that I made choices. So I chose tiny challenges, for example, to support my compass of intention. I chose things that supported what is important to me. So every time I, I chose a tiny challenge, it was something that fed into that compass that guides me. It was something that also met or supported or broke down my bigger goals to help me reach those goals. And it was also something that helped me chip away at what was stopping me. So over time, I actually found myself with an abundance of time. I was actually earning more money by um, 2015, 2014, 2015. By those years, I was earning more than I ever had in my entire life. And I was working fewer hours. Um, I think I was logging somewhere between 60 and 80 hours per month. And I was earning more than I ever had. And I, I don't I don't know if it's reasonable to throw out numbers. If you want numbers, 
email me <laughs> so, through my show page. Um, uh, I'm happy to share numbers. I just don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm uncomfortable sharing numbers live, I guess, for whatever reason. Maybe I'll get there. That's a fear to push through. Um, maybe it's good, but I'm happy to share numbers. Email me if you want those. Um, it was to me bananas because I'd never felt that before. I'd never felt such freedom before. And so I had designed this, I had designed my life this way. And, um, so it, it became a funny thing when people would approach me and say, I know you're busy, but can I pick your brain? Or I know you're busy, but can I ask you this question? Whatever it was. Um, I know you're busy, but fill in the blank. Right. Um, Whenever that would come up in my, I would, it almost makes me physically smile every time because in my mind, I would be like, no, I'm actually not busy. I'm exactly as busy as I want to be. And that felt amazing. Amazing. Right. Okay. Now I'm going to stop this story here because next week I'm going to tell you like the most amazing, to me, it's the most amazing story, right? It's the most amazing story of what having carved all this space out, um, what it created for me. So um, that's going to be a fun story. It continues tiny challenges though. So it's not a new topic next week, but you're going to want to hear this story. It's an amazing story about how I launched a company with my now husband. He was my boyfriend at the time, but basically it's a family company, how we launched it. We, um, you know, just a little teaser. We did $1.2 million in sales in our first 18 months. We went viral the day we launched. You want to hear this story. Um, come back next week. And so um, I'm going to share how that happened next week. And, and so, yeah. Before I sign off, I've got a few wrap-up things. Now, normally I have a community section in here, and that's the part where I get to share your stories, your questions, your thoughts, and really anything you'd like to share if you have coffee mug stories, hearkening back to the beginning of today's show. Um, if it's on the top of topic of coffee, coffee doodles, um, your favorite coffee, your favorite mug, mug memories, or getting unstuck in any capacity. If you are stuck and want to share it, if you're working through stuff and want to share it, let me know. Um, this week, I didn't receive any community share emails. So I did have some great conversations and, and those are awesome, but no community shares this week. So what I want to say is um, if you would like to share, in the future, I would highly encourage you to do that. I really would love for this to be more of a community uh, dialogue and not just me talking at the wind. <laughs> so, so please, if you're listening, take a minute to reach out. The way to reach me is if you go to the show link on my website, it's coffee with Jamie, J-A-I-M-E-E.com. Scroll down a bit on that show page. You're going to see a big fat email button. Poke around on there a little. You can also find my social media links in there if you prefer to reach me that way. I do get comments from folks uh, on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, through Facebook, um, and through my email. So you can find all of the ways to reach me and you know, right there through coffeewithjamie.com on the show page and find the way that best suits you to reach out and do reach out. Ask me questions share stories, whatever it is you'd like to do. If you're not sure where to start, 
with tiny challenges, because even if you haven't done all the other stuff, I encourage you to even just jump in with tiny challenges. Um, If you're not sure where to start, I want you to go to tinychallenges.com. I'm not selling anything there. It's all free. I just want you to know there's a nice little way to start to get started, wrap your head around it all and dig in and set some goals. And if you do it, that's a great opportunity for you to reach out and share with me what you are going to take on. Maybe just plot something out for February. February is coming fast and, and furiously. Um, it is upon us and you have time to plan right now what you're going to do for a short month. February has 28 days this year. So, you know, maybe start with a 28 day challenge. Who can't do something for maybe 30 seconds a day for 28 days? You can do it. You can do it. All right. So, special note um, the Coffee with Jamie show is in no way to be construed or substituted as psychological counseling, psychotherapy, mental health counseling, or any type of psychotherapy or medical advice. The information I offer is based on my life and work experiences. The purpose of the Coffee with Jamie show is to assist people in making changes in their lives through supportive guidance and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully a little bit of inspiration. If you feel like you're in a crisis or need professional help, I've put some information in the show notes just for you. Um, if you want to listen, I want, or you want to share this show with friends or anyone you think might have some value in it, it really helps me out if you do share it. You can listen live each week on the Voice America Network. There's a link directly to that also on my show page of the coffeewithjamie.com website or after every live broadcast, every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, a few hours later, the episodes get posted to all the places that you listen to your favorite podcasts. So for example, if you listen to the podcast app from the Apple iPhone, you can search for Coffee with Jamie or Jamie Finney, and you should be fine. You should find the show. And like everything else that I just threw at you, there are links for uh, a few of the podcast apps right there in my Coffee with Jamie, J-A-I-M-E-E.com show uh, show page. There's a, a few links there. So be sure to come back and join me for another cup or two of coffee next week. And we're keeping on with that tiny challenges uh, theme. And um, yeah, I really, okay, so I'm really excited to share it. So if you uh, have heard the story before, I still think it's exciting. You don't want to miss it. If you're familiar, like I would still love your support and to have you there. I get excited to share it. It really never gets old for me. And um, I think with that, I am going to sign off. That was a a really long closer. (laughs) All right. I'm going to sign off. I want to say thank you for joining me. I will catch you next week for another Coffee with Jamie. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time for Coffee with Jamie. Please join Jamie Finney again next Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time for another cup of discussion and wisdom on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.